Gather at the Winter Village at Cameron Run and experience the magic of the holidays with ice and lights. Enjoy a fun, unstructured outdoor family experience just a few minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Explore whimsical light displays, snap selfies, and take a spin on the outdoor ice rink. Book your visit early. Calendars fill fast, so make your plans with friends, visitors, guests, or that special someone today. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Shout out to the fam, man. Appreciate y'all being in this episode of Tacoma. Much love to the fam. Like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma, Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sports talk from your favorite sports fam. We up in this thing. Shout out to the mighty Houdat Nation. Appreciate you guys waking up this morning, man. It's coffee with Q, man. That's right, coffee with Q, man. We in this thing, man. If you don't like coffee... 
drink your damn tea, uh, soda pop, whatever you got, man. <laughs> it's all gravy. It's all good. All right, so shout out to the fam, man. What a Saturday, man. I hope you guys are having a fantastic start of your weekend. Hope it's you uh, getting rest or if you're working, you're being safe about it. And it's a very positive day for you guys. But listen, we got some stuff to talk about. As you can see, the thumbnail of Mike Thomas standing up there. He got two bricks in his hand, so we got to watch out. Uh, we're going to cover that today. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to visit the Saints and Vikings matchup. I hope I wanted to talk about this, man, you know, but uh, we're going to cover it today. So shout out to the fan. Appreciate each and every last one of y'all for being in the stream. Uh, please feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and by all means, feel free to share the show on your social media feed. We up in this thing, baby. Shout out to you. All right, so big ups to the fam that's in the chat, man. Brother, let's see what we got. Brother JT, as always, shout out to you, brother. Blessing to you and your family as well. Brother Reginald, how you doing, sir? My man Kevin, how you doing? My brother Quavadius, shout out to you. Saints Production, how you doing, sir? Much love to you. Uh, Bronze Flat Power Guy, shout out to you, my brother. Appreciate you being in the stream. OG to the third degree. Shout out to you, brother. Appreciate you. All right, G-Fly, how you doing, fam? That's right. <laughs> Been saying that for a long time, cuz. All right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got it, bro. Yeah, I, I seen that, man. It's interesting. What's up, OG? How you doing, sir? Appreciate you being here, man. Shout out to you, man. All right, L-Dub, how you doing, brother? Appreciate you, Richard. Shout out, fam. Says, Kenna doesn't seem to be the best player for Saints. <laughs> You're from the live, right? Well, I remember uh, Chris Olavi told her, dude, hey, man, I play for the Saints, man. Dude said, and? I well, 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 goddamn, then you know, well, well, damn, John, he, he thought I had to buy him a little favor. Perhaps he, he's saying, Listen, man, I play for the Saints. You don't have to handcuff me, bro. You don't, I'm not a threat to you. I'm, a, I'm probably one of the fastest. If I wanted to take off and run from you right now, you probably won't be able to catch me. You're probably not, you know. And besides, this is my house, this is where I'm living at. You don't have to do this, bro. You know, just let me get in your cruiser, whatever. He's like, man, whatever. Let's slap these cups on you. And, and then had to adjust it three or four times. Like, man, very interesting, though, right? All right. Nolan's 504. Shout out to you. But then again, if he hadn't, then people would have said, so you did treat the, the athletes differently. So I can get it, too. I, I can understand both ways. Nolan's 504. Shout out to you. Gravita says MT should have been alert after the AK situation. People out there trying to get you for a big check. Uh, what's up, BP? Shout out to you. Appreciate you being in the stream. Michael, how you doing, sir? Much love. Appreciate you as well. All right. Shout out to the fam, man. Just wanted to take my time to give a shout out to the family members for being in this thing. Uh, and shout out to all the fam, man. Appreciate each and every last one of y'all for representing. All right. Shout out. All right. We got to. <laughs> all right. Okay. What's up, Rock? How you doing, sir? Appreciate you. He says, uh, Big Q, sad days in the Panthers. Yeah, bro. Listen, man. I hear, I hear you, brother. I, I, trust me, man. We know, bro. Um, sad days in Panther Nation. We marching on mint with no excuses. See, and I think that's my dog shot. And that's and that is something new. But listen, let me tell you something, bro. In the Who That Nation, econ economic boycotts are for real. They work. They work, man. They, they affect change. They do. When and it's all about the people. Getting on code, don't matter who you are, where you come from, whatever your walk of life is. Don't. That's why I love sports so much. It's the ultimate unifier. You can have the same people that might disagree with each other politically or lifestyle wise, but they all get in the same building. They all turn on their team every Monday. I mean, a Sunday, sometimes Monday, 
and they all cheer together. If we all up at the party or in the game, slapping hands, some people buy you beer. I went to games and I ain't no people behind me. Hey, buddy, you want me to buy you? You want a beer? So, you know, it's like it's 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 all love. That's why I love sports, man. It's the ultimate unifier. Brings people together, too. So when you got that going on and the people understanding that they're entirely frustrated by the product that the people are putting out there and you supported this team for real for, for a long time, it's quite understandable when people get upset and say, you know what, it's time for us to put it together. We're going to show them what time it is. They don't want to see that. They benefit for you being off code for real. Like, and I said, and I've always, y'all know, y'all put one in the chat if y'all, I kind of beat this point a lot when I get kind of worked up. We talk about underachievement. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, accept that unsuccessful crap, you know, and then the explanations behind it of why it's like, I don't want to hear that. Let's change this now. Let's make it work now. Let's bring in the resources now. Let's dedicate the time to solving the problem. Now, I don't want to hear anything about, you know, what's going on and what we need to be patient. No, you need to change it now. Or what's the result? Pulling this money back. They don't want to see that. They want to bank out whether the team does good or bad and they're going to sell that to you. No, it don't work like that. We can change. We can affect change. And this is an example. And hopefully this translates to other areas of life as well. All right. Thank you, Rock. But March on Mint shot. And, and y'all, let me know, Rock, if that's my boy shot, because I know shot said that. And I was t- I told him when the season started, like, Q, why are you going in the end of games? And all, I said, I'm boycotting the team until like, they show me better. Until they show me what time it is. That's what I did. I'm not going down there. I'm not promoting nobody to go down there. You go down there. That's your grown person. That's on you. I ain't doing it till they show me better. I'm not spending any money with them until they show me better. They don't like that. Them people mad at me for that, man. They don't like to hear me push that message because they want to get all the bread, all the money. I know, no, 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 sir. But yeah, man, that's uh he says y'all go ahead and take the division from Atlanta. Yeah, that is very sad to see what's going on with Carolina, but I'm very happy that you guys are doing this. Your shout out to you, Rock. Appreciate you being here. Got a lot of Carolina Panthers family members in the building, man. It's all love, man. All right. All right, Michael says, I'm new to your podcast. You're okay. Thank you, Mike. Shout out to you, brother. Gundam says, uh, Big Q, I'm seeing butterflies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's from the uh, Derek Carr, uh, the the, the uh, impersonation I did. Uh, what was it? Uh, yesterday or the day before. And I just sitting here listening to Derek Carr, and I've played so many of his interviews, and I, it's a cadence to how you get these people. Like we did the Mickey Loomis. And I kind of changed the Mickey Loomis over the weeks to months to make him a little bit more hilarious than what he was, but I, when I started doing Mickey Loomis impersonations, I was spot on because I got all of the cadence and the stuff that when he asks, he answers questions. It's a, it's like he drags his, it's, he's like an old jalopy. He gets going, you like kind of, you know, all that, and then he drags it. Then I kind of changed his voice a little bit to add a little comedy veneer to it. Because who the hell does Mickey Loomis impersonations for real? Nobody does that. Nobody cares. But, you know, when I started doing it, people just found it hilarious. And it's the same thing with Derek Carr. You know, when you see Derek Carr talking, it's like one run. It's a it's a it's a it's a word, fruit and lettuce salad all together. And he just like, you know, I, I just kind of I kind of do what I do. And uh, I'm Mike Thomas. And uh, let me tell you, and is it is. And and I told Chris Olavi, I said, listen, Chris, you go, you know, you you, you go up there. You, you make a you go straight. Then you go out toward the sideline. I'm going to find you. Just just start running. And, um, you know, I told him that. And after I told him that, I'd see Michael Thomas. I said, Mike, I just told Chris Olavi, 
is to go straight and make an outright to the sideline, I'm going to find them. Now, on the next play, we'll come back to you. I want you to go, do, you know, go, you know, go an out route, you know, then turn back in. We'll see if I can throw you the ball. Then after that, you know, we're going to be all right. That'll be the next play. Now turn that to Elvin Kamara. I texted Elvin Kamara. Even though Elvin Kamara was right behind me. And we ain't supposed to be having cell phones on the field. I just said, you know, I'm going hey, to give you the ball. We're going to turn around. Uh, listen, here's a picture of the play. Uh, and then I'm going to text you. And after I text you to play, I just want you to go ahead on and text it to Jimmy Graham. Make sure you send it to the, the, the practice squad as well. You know, we got to get them going. But, hey, listen, I study hard. I play. Listen, yeah, I took a picture of a butterfly. I was in the backyard. I said, listen, hey, Chris, hey, I, you know, I, I, I see Rashid Shaheed. Rashid Shaheed, you know, I was thinking, I said, hey, listen, I seen a butterfly. It was a beautiful butterfly. I took a picture of it. Said to Rashid Shaheed. Shaheed sent me back. Said, that's nice. I said, yeah. So he took a picture of a beetle. I said, hey, that's a nice looking beetle. So I, I, when I turned, he sent me a picture. I sent it back. I said, hey. So I, took, I captured the butterfly. I took the butterfly and I just took, I grabbed him and started drawing Florida Lease on his back. Took a picture, sent it to Chris Olave. Chris Olave said, you need to send that to Jamal Williams. I said to Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams said, that could be a Pokemon. I said, you know what? You know, yeah. And that was, that was kind of really cool how that happened. But, you know, then I said, Jamal Williams, I don't like Pokemon. I'm a Digimon guy. Pokemon sucks. Jamal Williams sent me an emoji back with a middle finger. I said, damn, I thought we was cool. And then at the end of the day, I said, you know, well, you know, you know, hey, that's why I'm not going to throw your ass the ball. You know, I was just playing. But, you know, we're going we gonna to figure it out. So and then after that, I got off the phone with him because he kind of made me upset. I called Taysom Hill. said, Taysom, hey, how you doing? Hey, you know, and then Taysom said, why are you calling me? Why don't you just FaceTime me? So I said, okay, cool. Good idea. So I FaceTimed him. Say, hey, hey, you see me now? He said, yeah. Yeah, cool. So I and went forward. And after I did that, I said, listen, hey, you know, you, you're doing a good job, you know, being a quarterback, you know. You know? So I, you're throwing you through a touchdown. So I said, yeah, next time when I throw you the touchdown, you know, you go up then you go out toward the sideline. I'm going to just do, you know, I'm going to look at you, throw you the ball. Then when you catch it and you score a touchdown, you put both your arms in the air and you do, you know, the dance, old school dance where you flap your legs like a butterfly. And that's what we're going to do. So. Next time he does that, we're gonna do that. So, you know, if y'all got any more questions, you know, just you know, do we don't, you know, and uh, hey, listen, I, I'm doing the best I could do, you know. Yeah, I prepare every game like it's a Super Bowl game. And listen, listen, I'm you know, I talk to Coach Chucky, you know, I don't t- talk to him during Halloween because he scares me. So I just said, you know, he you know, he dresses up like Chucky on Halloween, and I was you know, and really I, that scared the hell out of me. So he acts weird around Halloween, so I just I don't call him. When he calls me, I just block him. Then when he says, hey, man, I tried to call you. Why didn't you answer the phone? I said, well, you know, I was dealing with my family, you know, so I, that's how I do it. So, you, you know, so anyway, and so I got a shirt with a butterfly. See, I took the picture I made of the butterfly. It's full of the lease on his back. I decided to make a picture of it, make a shirt. I wear the shirt. It inspires me. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Took a picture of the shirt, made six copies, sent it to Crystal Lobby, Jamal Williams, even though I didn't want to do that, Jimmy Graham, uh, Juwan, Juwan Johnson, uh, Foster Monroe. They all wear the shirt before they go to sleep. We said, like, I made them promise, look, wear the butterfly shirt before you go to sleep. It's going to be good luck for us when we come around on Sunday. You know, we all have the butterfly shirt. And then, you know, when we play the game, we all wear the butterfly shirt underneath our uniform. When we put the Saints shirt on, gives a good luck. So, you know, we, you know, and I told him just, you know, and, and then it just goes on forever and ever. He never stops. He never stops until somebody stops his ass. You see what I just did there? That was like five to 10 minutes. Fam, I can do a whole show like that. Just running on and on like you. What the hell are you talking about? And I'm just saying, that's how the guy talks for real. And I was like sitting up there like, like, Looking at him, and I got lost like it was the Matrix. Like, I got stuck in the Matrix. I was just staring like I couldn't move. Yeah, well, see, that, that's the game plan. See, uh, you know, we, I'm going, you know, it's all this going on. I'm like, uh, uh, is he going to stop? And then remember the dude, you know, asked him a question, what he's doing, and what did Derek Carr say? Oh, stop me, please stop me. Remember that? And I was like, okay, yeah, that's why. Shit. Damn. Yeah, see. Yeah, CQ. Yeah. Um, see, I, I, yeah, I do talk like that, you know, so I told Chris a lot, you know, I FaceTime, took a picture, sent it, said, you know, then I sent a picture, you know, sent it to my mom's, you know, she turned around, said, don't send me no pictures. You know, I said, cool. I said, Jimmy, um, listen, you want to go get some pancakes? Jimmy said, mm, yeah, okay. So listen, I'm gonna come pick you up. Okay. So well, I was about to go pick him up. Right. So I said, you know what? It's be a good idea. Let me go ahead and call one of the practice squad players. You know what I'm saying? Y'all want to go get some pancakes? Cool. Well, so they had some traffic. So what I did was I called Jimmy, said, Jimmy, um, could you fuel up the airplane? We're going to fly to breakfast. And he's like, what, what, why we need to fly to breakfast? You know? And I was like, well, you know, I want to travel in style. Plus I want to make a banner while we traveling to breakfast, put it up on the plane. The banner says, Saints going to win the Super Bowl." Jimmy Graham said, no, I'm not doing that. I said, well, yeah, well, so I just left him, said, you ain't going to breakfast. I'm taking all these other guys. You want to be stingy with your damn plane? You know, so we still cool. That's why, you know, I told him, no, listen, don't activate that guy. Didn't want to share his plane with me inside baseball. We're going to keep it moving. So after that, I did. Yep. And this is just on and on, bro. On and on and on forever, bro. Forever. Forever. You see just that fast, that turn and you like, dude, where's he going with this? It's like a path. It's a path to nowhere is what it is. It's a path to nowhere. And you just following me like just shit. I was like, dude, what are we doing here? Just like you and everything like y'all listening to what I'm saying. And you follow me on the path. But listen, it's an absolute path to nowhere. Trust me. It's a path to nowhere. All right. So big up. What's up, Lou? My dog, Lou, in the building. Shout out to you, my brother. Good to see you in the stream. Shout out to you, my brother. Hope you have uh, success. Not really against who you got, Arizona. Mm, help us out, Lou. Help us out, out, brother. Help us out. All right. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we see, we got it. We got we gonna, We're going to do. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, we, we, you know, we, it's all good. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, we got it all together. We're going to. 
Yeah. So I told Chris Olavi. See, and that's how I go. That's how I hit it. I hit you with the, yeah. I, yeah, I told Chris, Chris, Chris Olavi. Yeah. Then I took a picture, text picture, took it to him. Then when he went to the movie, went to the equal, see the movie. Have you seen the equalizer? Said, yeah. Oh, yeah. Equalizer. Denzel Washington in there. He kills people with a straight face. They piss him off. He takes out, you know, he flips them upside down, slam the face on the ground and take the arm, throw them up in there like a flapjack. They go, you know, he did one guy. He was captured. He's up in the bottom of the house. Guy said, you know, here holding the gun, the gold, the, the gun to his face. He said, the guy next to you holding the gun too close to me. The man to the right is already dead. So, yeah, I took a picture of that, said, listen, man, that's a cold scene. So I was like, yo, so I took a picture. Wasn't really supposed to do that. But anyway, sent it to Chris Olavi. Olavi said, man, what is this? This equalizer, number three. Want to go see that? So I sent a picture to Mike Thomas. Say, Mike, you know, say, you know, you want to go catch the movie with me? So I went there, you know, and and that's how it goes. It's just, it's just forever, dude. It's forever. I can do that with everything, family. I really could. It's a bridge to nowhere. I can host a damn show doing that. And people be like, catch, just just going crazy over the, like, what, what are we doing here? That's Derek Carr. You know, I I, I, I like to do, man. Yep, yeah, we. You know, we're going to do, we're going to say, hey, yeah, Lord, please stop him. Stop him. Shout out to the family. <laughs> like Keith Lee. Okay, I hear you, dude. Yeah, well, see, we're going to see. And then you can see him pointing his hands because his hands like a robot thing while he's talking like that. Y'all seen the press conferences with him? Yeah, I told, you know, Chris Olaf said, listen, yo, yo, just go like out to the right there. And I'm, I'm fine. Throw you the ball. Oh, shit. All right, so anyway, shout out, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, it is. It is, it is annoying, isn't it? <laughs> but that's how he do it. It's funny. MSFS Houston out of like the movie Rain, man. He was playing the concept of baseball. Hey, bro, think about it. It's crazy, man. But I threw butterflies in there. I threw the, how you mix butterflies and the equalizer in the same skit? That don't even make any sense. That's two separate things. You got a beautiful butterfly and a guy with a straight face just killing people because he pissed off. You know, it's that that don't even equate to the same thing. But see how I made that work? I bridged the bridge and made it work. It was a bridge to nowhere. Let me tell you something. Not a damn place. You be the bro, it's the it's most it's the most fascinating word salad that you can ever imagine. And we've heard quite some word salad, but it's it's a very interesting word salad because it brings you in. You're like, where is he going with this? You know, and then you leave. Well, yeah, see, we gonna, we gonna go over here, like yeah, huh? Yeah. And it's just all this is a one long word salad. We love Derek, Derek Carr, man. Shout out to Derek Carr, man. Just it's just funny. I right, so anyway, shout out to the fam, man. Appreciate y'all this morning, man. Having coffee with Q, having tea with Q, whatever you got, man. It's all to the good. If you got any questions, man, y'all throw it in the chat momentarily. I get to it. Pops TG says, Who that Q and the fam Q? I just saw. I got a lot on cue to catch up. Yeah, bro, we got quite a few things, man. It's um, it's also a uh, on cue library that I'm doing on Patreon where I'm taking a lot of videos that you can't find anymore. And it's a library there where you can find a lot of interesting stuff. So it's different. It's a diverse topic. You know, it's different topics, like a lot of stuff, man, like a lot of interesting stuff that's just disappearing. So I'm using it as a collection to kind of take certain things that are probably going to end up disappearing in the years to come and put it there. So it's a really interesting collection that I thought it's called on, on Q library and it covers the waterfront on a lot of different topics that people simply might not know about or they probably blocking it out. So yeah, that's, that's a lot to catch up there. And I'm going to get back into doing some more stuff. Cause I got a lot of stuff I'm doing on and working on a radio show right now. So it's going to be all good. But anyway, enough of that. Let me get into this. Um, 
Michael Thomas arrest. I'm going to preview. We're going to talk about the Michael Thomas thing. We're also going to do the the uh, some more Saints news and notes, the Vikings and Saints matchup tomorrow. But this is one that came came across the desk. I got the notification last night while I was on the um, probably would have did a show last night, fam. But I was on the Pelican Post Game Report Pelicans matchup from last night. So um, if I would have done a show, it'd have been a late show, and I really didn't want to do that. So I said I'd do it for on Q uh, Coffee with Q. So Michael Thomas arrests what we know so far. And this is what uh, was dropped on us. And I'll share some more stuff with you. The Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas found himself in a troubling situation Friday night as he was taken into custody following an alleged altercation with a construction vehicle. According to reports from WDSU, Channel 6 down here, Thomas is said to have thrown two bricks at the proper, proper uh, project manager's truck and engaged in a physical confrontation with him even confiscating a man's phone when he attempted to document the damage. This incident is reported to have been preceded by a series of threats directed at the project manager over the course of the last two weeks. So it was something that was building up with the source of the conflict arising from Thomas's dissatisfaction with the construction crews parking near his residence. So in the wake of the sentence, the Saints organization has acknowledged their awareness of the situation is actively gathering additional information. As the legal proceedings unfold, there remains uncertainty about how this incident may, may impact Michael standings with the team and his future in the NFL in terms of what the games. Now, Thomas has been a key player for the Saints. He caught 38 of 62 targets for 439 yards, one touchdown in nine games leading up to the incident. His potential absence in week 10 could open opportunities to other receivers like Chris Olave, Rashid Shahir, and also grant an increased playing time to guys like A.T. Perry and Lynn Bowden Jr., so that's some of the things right now with Michael Thomas and also Michael Thomas also. And this is some more information just to kind of brief the family right here. Uh, more if it's information contractor is Louis C. Fonentes, who told WDSU in New Orleans on Friday that about 530 p.m. Thomas threw two bricks at his truck and pushed him over. Now, C. Fuentes said he is the project manager for a home being built near Michael Thomas's home and that Thomas complained that the construction crew was parking their vehicles on the street. Now, see Fuentes said Thomas made threatening comments, including that seeing Fuentes's car would get a brick or a bullet if he parked where Thomas told him not to. Good God. And of course, it says, quote, brick and a bullet, end quote. And of course, quote, he drives up and I see him get out and I was like, I don't know what he's doing. I'm just worried about my job site. Get out of here. And he, he walks up to this big pile of sand. He grabs a brick and he throws it at my car. And the guys are like, hey, man, your truck, your truck. Oh, dude, he's actually doing something. So I grab my phone. I start recording him. He grabbed my phone and grabbed and grabbed and pushed me, said to see Fuentes. And then, of course, he said, well, prior to that was in quote. Now, see, Fuentes said he's a fan of Thomas. And was as shocked at how Thomas acted. I told him I was like, quote, I told him I was like, man, listen, I cheer for you every Sunday. I never once thought I would have an issue like this with you. So now we're here. See, Fuentes said Thomas and we talked about his catches and all this kind of stuff. But that's a little bit more information from the dude who he says vandalized his vehicle. Now, we did see uh, there was a WDSU video. Perhaps I can kind of gather that up what C. Fuentes uh, showing and he actually walking. Now he, Michael Thomas did not, you know, put a brick through the, it did the, the it, it was no busted glasses. Like he, he obviously didn't throw the brick hard enough for it to really do anything to the vehicle. 
there was no to what we seen based on the um video that we showed that it was seen there wasn't really any um broken glass or none of this kind of stuff so you know and like they said it's been working up itself for like two uh weeks prior to that so they did arrest mike they did take him to jail and the team is aware of it like we said so it is what it is as it is and we just have to wait to see how things will work was will this stop michael thomas from playing in the game against the vikings you know, I, I don't I, I'm going to say no. I don't think the Saints sit him down right here about that right now. So I, I just I'm going to say no on that. Now, you know, I'm going to say no. Now, maybe down the line after the fact, we'll see how it transpires. But I think right now I would have to say, no, I think Mike still plays. I don't think the Saints pull him out of the game this close to the game, unless it was something really egregious, like something happened. So anyway, let me turn, play the sound. This I think this is the guy right here. Y'all put one in the chat if y'all can hear this guy give his testimony. This is the supposed victim, alleged victim, uh, Louis C. Fuentes, talk about what Mike Thomas do. So let me kind of run this back and so y'all can hear. Put one in the chat, y'all can hear. Fuentes says multiple threats were made by Thomas and it all came to a head Friday night. He drives up and I see him get out and I was like, um, I, I don't know what he's doing. I'm just worried about my job site. And he walks up to this big pile of sand and grabs a brick and he throws it at my car and the guys are like, hey man, your truck, your truck. So I'm like, oh dude, he's actually doing something. So I grabbed my phone and I started recording him. And he saw that I was recording him, he grabbed my phone and just grabbed and pushed me. The Fuentes says Thomas threw two bricks at his truck before pushing him over and trying to get into his phone to delete the video shot of the incident. Fuentes claims the problem started weeks ago. Most recently, Thomas allegedly told him if the cars weren't moved, Fuentes would get a brick or a bullet in his car. I told him, I said, man, listen, I cheered for you. Let me stop right there, man. If if Mike Thomas told you that prior to this happening, you know, you didn't report that. You didn't report that, that the guy threatens you and says, listen, man, if this changes, you're going to get a brick or a bullet. That's something that you don't hold back. So I got a question that. I got a question because that don't make sense if. Usually, if you're on a job and you're working somewhere and a guy threatens you off the job, that's something you're supposed to report. Why wasn't that reported? Because if it was reported, we would heard we'd have heard by it prior to this even happening. So I got a question there. Just me critically thinking. Let's get on back. Every Sunday, I never once thought I would have an issue like this with you. So now we're here. <laughs> I don't, it's just I don't know. The, you know how things play out is is you know i'm not saying that the the guy was not attacked by michael thomas michael thomas didn't take his phone and it didn't play out the way he's saying it in terms of the events you know but hey you know you know who michael thomas is you know that's michael thomas oh what do you, i just worried about my job site that's mike no no usually you see a saints player Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. 
Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. And you know who it is. You're going to walk up to them. You're going to say, hey, or whatever. But it's kind of questionable what's going on. I know they're probably going to give Mike the charge. You're going to have to settle with this guy because this, this guy going to look at, you know, with stuff like this, you got to break them off. You got to, if you wrong the person, you got to, you know, you got to make it work financially speaking, or, you know, apology and then some money usually is, you know, followed by some money. So it's some words and then some money and then boom, boom, bam, beam, the incident disappears. But, you know, if this had happened, if this was true, now this is all alleged stuff from this guy. If this is true and the guy told your ass that prior to this happening, then why was that not reported is my only question. That's that's how I would jump on the scene if I was a detective. You know, I'd be like on my Sherlock Holmes game. Like, listen, hold, hold on, my man. What? The guy said that he was going to give you a brick or a bullet. Did you report that? Oh, no, you know, we. you see, I didn't report it because, you know, it's Michael Thomas. You know, we, we didn't, but, you know, whatever. Okay. All right. Well, you know, so that's just like, you know, well, see, I'm a, you know, yeah, well, I'm a, you know, I asked him, I told him, hey, listen, there's a pile of grass over there. This is dirt, you know, see, you go up there, go out to the pile of, and this is a pile of dirt over there. There's three, 12 bricks, pick two good bricks, bring them to me. And whatever happened, it, it didn't look like those bricks, Michael Thomas must have been weak or tired because you throwing bricks and those are bricky bricks. There wasn't like mud bricks. You know, those are them bricks supposed to do some serious damage and based on the picture. Hey, well, well see what, you know, I, that's easy. I told him, let's you go over there. There's some bricks over there. You know, they got snails on them, you know, pick them off, you know, throw, don't, cause we don't want to hurt the snails. You know, we got, you know, so here we go. The Fuentes and neighbors say Thomas was put into a patrol car after the alleged assault happened. WDSU got exclusive video of the scene after it happened, showing Kenner police taking pictures of the bricks truck, and Sefuentes' injuries. Sefuentes says he is just upset someone he idolized would end up hurting him. The fourth time after you threaten me, no, people are going to have to know like what kind of person you are because that's that's wrong. You don't go around doing I don't care who you are. And we have reached out to Kenner Police multiple times to try and get more information on what exactly happened. We have not heard back. Sefuentes also says he does have video of the alleged incident. We're trying to see if we can get that but on air, if we do, we'll bring it to you as soon as we can here on air and on our website, WDSU. All right. Thank you, WDSU, for what you do and it's, uh, for hurting him. So, you know, he's speaking all of the right talk. And listen, this is wrong. Mike, doing, it's different ways to handle this, you know. And uh, Mike, obviously, if if this, this is true and he's attacking and he, Mike was arrested behind the event. And uh, if his video, I'm pretty sure backing what Mike Thomas does, or what would happen? They took him into custody. Perhaps they have the. I know they got the video of what happened to kind of corroborate the guy's story to a point. But you know, it's interesting, man. So we'll see how this all unfolds, man, moving forward. But it's interesting, like they what's what's going on with Mike on this this thing. Man, I was frustrated, man, about what was going on with the team. So anyway, as we keep it going, fam, let's keep it moving, man, on this one, man. Uh, and it this also had some other stuff because let's move on to this because Mike actually had a tweet about what happened with this whole incident. And this was what Michael Thomas tweet was uh, that he showed right here, you know, <laughs> get, get off, y'all get off. <laughs> so it's really interesting, man, to see how we doing it, man. So 
So it's one of the things where we doing what we doing. And this is Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas says, get off my grass. Thank you. He posted this. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, what? two. Well, it's saying two hours ago, but a couple hours ago, he mentioned this. So get off my lawn. Uh, get off my grass, please. Thank you. So Michael Thomas is obviously, you know, uh, kind of having a little fun with this thing, you know, and this is what he posts. Stay off my grass, please. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Mike. Okay, you got a, somewhat of a uh, 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 a uh, personality, a sense of humor, don't you, my friend? All right. So anyway, that's Mike. That's his. That's what he kind of put on Instagram or his Twitter or whatever his social media, man. So it's 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 uh, that's very interesting there, Mike. All right. So anyway, fam, let's move on, man. Let's move on to uh, the. Let's hear from old uh, Dennis Allen. We're gonna do the breakdown. Let's play some Dennis Allen, man. Uh, and hear what he had to say, not about this incident, but about the upcoming game with, um, yeah, I know, right. His injuries. Yeah. With his injuries. Oh yeah. He did. He doing all the stuff to get the paper. See, and athletes got to understand that we talk about, you know, what happened like AK 41 when the guy violated AK 41. When I heard it, I said, this is a pigeon move because the guy, uh, with the AK 41 situation provoked Elvin Kamara and his party to lay hands on him. And when he laid hands on him, he pulled tens, he pulled, he pulled millions of dollars. That guy settled with Elvin for 10 million, just for getting Elvin and his party upset with him. He got $10 million plus he paid for his medical expenses. Plus he made him apologize in written statement. He got $10 million out of him. And that's why I was like saying that when you're out there in the public and people, they're people too, celebrity, you know, these uh, football, basketball players, people are celebrities too. They make mistakes like we do, but you know, that's a, that's the purpose of why you have to stay isolated to a degree, you know, and he just lost his cool and we get it, you know, if them guys parking in front of his house and all this kind of stuff, cause they building on another house that happens all the time. People might park their vehicles on your side because they're working across the street and they're trying to build up or put some stuff in. They might have be putting in, I've seen when guys are putting pools in and they'll have the pool truck and they'll have several crews there working on this house, building this house and they land doing everything at the same time. So you have vehicles strewing up and down the street of guys that's working over there, whether they're putting the plumbing in or they're going behind the house and they land and putting the groundwork in for a pool. They're doing cement work. They're doing construction work, painting, like several crews just all at this house at the same time and they got to park somewhere so they park up and down the street might be across the street might be in front of michael thomas's house so i wonder if there was a conversation had from michael thomas to the construction guys like hey this is my property could you please not park here could you stay off my grass because he as you can say he's saying right here stay off my grass maybe somebody was parking with that and i was wondering if michael thomas went over there and talked to him and said hey you guys can you stay off my grass he could even put out cones or something so they don't park there because it is his house you know if he puts cones out there whatever i guess and you can't control depending on how it is where he parks that so it's it's all these different levels to it but i don't think Anything big will come out, come out of this. I don't think uh, him talk about his injuries. The guy didn't look injured to me. It's just one of the situations where the dude wants his paper. You know, go ahead and uh, give him his phone back. He got his phone back, whatever. Pay him his paper. Say, uh, you know, yeah, I lost my head. I was cool. The guy's parked there. Just keep it keep it pushing, man. Keep it pushing. I don't anticipate, I don't anticipate him losing any real time behind something like this, you know. It wasn't like the guy was severely hurt or all this kind of stuff. Or we didn't he, – he wasn't used as a – old pissy mattress you know they just didn't jump up and down on him and 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 try to see if they can convert him into a big pool of wine or whatever it it just didn't happen so you know we're gonna keep it pushing 
All right. So anyway, let's uh, move on. Matter of fact, let's uh, hear a little something from uh, Dennis Allen right quick. Y'all put one in the chat, man. That's what Dennis Allen had to say about the Vikings matchup. Here we go. Yeah, look, I mean, I think he's a he's a really, really good player. Um, size, length, uh, athleticism, plays physical, good against the run, good against the pass. Um, he's certainly a, a a force that you know you have to reckon with, and, uh, and uh, uh, we're well aware of where he's at on every play. It is a lot of tough stadiums in the league, obviously. How tough would you say that place is? Yeah, I think it's a tough environment. You know. Uh, you know, it's another dome stadium. The noise really has nowhere to go but in. Um, I think it's an extremely loud environment. Um, and 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 I think, you know, in general, I think they've they've uh, they've performed well at home. So um, obviously a tough environment, tough, tough situation. Uh, we'll have to be, you know, on point to go in there and get a win. Dennis, I think the Vikings said earlier today they expect uh, Jefferson to be questionable for this game. Is it something you guys have just kind of been preparing for? Yeah, look, we 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 talked about it throughout the week, um, you know, um, and so we'll be prepared one way or the other uh, of where he's at, and and uh, you know if he's up, obviously we we you know have to be able to deal with him. How much does a player like that kind of impact what an offense can do? Obviously, he's gonna. Yeah, look, I mean, he's if if not the best, one of the best receivers in our league, and so. Uh, he certainly impacts the game in a lot of different areas. So, um, you know, if he's up, uh, you know, that's that's certainly, you know, a boost to them. Uh, and it's just another weapon that we have to deal with. Yeah, with just like a half a season to evaluate, just what if Joe Woods and Marcus Robertson added to the Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, think, I think our secondary has played really well this year. Um, you know, I think both those guys have, you know, detail-oriented, um, they coach them hard, um, you know, and, and, and they hold them accountable to, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. And so, um, and I think all, all really good players, you know, that, that's, that's really what they want. You know, uh, they want structure, they want discipline, they want to be coached, um, and, and they, they want to be held accountable. And so I think those guys have done an outstanding job with secondary. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, um, some ups and downs, like you would expect out of rookie players. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Kendra kind of been up, injured, playing, not playing. Um, you know, Foskey's injured right now. Um, you know, so that those are two players that you know, haven't had a lot of opportunities, some of it due to injury. Um, but look, I like the rookie class. Um, I think those guys are going to continue to develop, and t continue to get better. So, um, but we're, you know, nine games into a 17-game season, so we still got a ways to go. The guys who haven't received the media as much like them, does that kind of reflect maybe how you guys are at other positions versus? Yeah, I would say so. You know, I would say so. I mean, I think. You know, there's certain positions that we've got, you know, more depth at, um, whether it be, uh, you know, secondary position. I think we're pretty deep there, particularly at the safety position. Um, you know, uh, 
receiver. I think we we're, we're pretty deep at the receiver position. So I think all those things play play into account. Yeah, a lot about Josh Dobbs and He's got a lot more experience uh, than some of the guys that we've that we faced. Um, so uh, I think that'd be number one. Look, I think he's a talented player. I know he's really smart. Um, I think he's a really good athlete back there, uh, and 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 yet he's able to operate the offense, uh, you know, from both in the pocket and outside the pocket. So he presents a lot of challenges for us. Listen, I don't even know what aerospace engineering is. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, look, I, I mean, to be able to, you know, go into a situation where you know, you're, I mean, you're just meeting the rest of the team, don't even know who anybody is, and go in and uh, on the road in a tough environment and go win a game. I think that, you know, speaks to his his intelligence level and being able to operate the offense. There's no rocket engineering classes in the PE degree? No. Yeah. No. Uh, it's been a while since we asked to get to you about him. Uh, is Peyton Turner progressing okay in his? Yeah. Yeah, he's doing well in his rehab. Yeah. Um, obviously, we knew this was going to be an injury that was going to take some time. Uh, so, but, but yeah, he's, he's progressing well. Maybe on track towards like. Yeah, look, I, I think we'll see. I mean, I. I it's hard for me to say right now, um, but I do think he's progressing well in the rehab. Yeah, when you're looking at you know shadowing versus playing sides with the Debo and Marshawn, what are what are some of the advantages to playing sides? Well, I, mean, I think probably the, the biggest thing is, is is guys aren't running all over the place trying to find a matchup. I think that that's one of the challenges that you get when you're you know playing a, a matchup game is um, you know. There's a lot of extra running that's involved in that, you know, trying to find guys, especially when when teams are going fast. So, um, you know, I think that's that's one of the advantages of being able to play, um, you know, right and left. So one of the things, think about a quarterback joining a, a new team, getting to know the new guys, it's like it, maybe it would take a while. How, how do you think that relationship is built out over night games with Derek and, and the rest of this offense? Well, look, I think I've seen improvement out of our offense as, as we've gone along throughout the season, you know. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think, you know, I don't think we've reached what our potential is yet. Uh, and, and we're working every day to try to, to try to get there. And, and I think all of our guys have done a good job of continuing to work and uh, just pay attention to the process. Yeah, and – the Saints have won a couple of games in a row. They are on, they're definitely on the top of the NFC South right now. Breast milk science. It's a thing. And it's our thing. We're Byheart. We're an infant formula company on a mission to get a lot closer to the most super, super food on the planet. Breast milk. Our patented protein blend has more of the important and most abundant proteins found in breast milk. We're the first and only U.S.-made formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. We make our formula in our own factories in Iowa, Oregon, and Pennsylvania using a small batch manufacturing process that works to preserve the integrity of our ingredients. We ran the largest clinical trial by a new infant formula company in 25 years and clinically proved benefits like easier digestion, less gas, and softer poops versus a leading infant formula. 
We were the first infant formula company to earn the Clean Label Project Purity Award. And while we've put a lot into ByHeart, there's a long list of things you won't see on our ingredient list. Like no corn syrup, no maltodextrin, no GMO ingredients, no soy, no palm oil. ByHeart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And fortune is favoring the Saints. We just have to seize the day. We need to keep improving. Now, it's not idyllic. We've seen a lot of issues offensively and defensively that that have occurred over the last several weeks uh and even with some of the games that you know when we do our play-by-play every Sunday we cover the games listen I'm gonna be honest with you I see a lot of stuff like the Saints offense in the first half of the last game came out they put a couple of touchdowns up we were looking good defense wasn't the same it was allowing things to happen that it usually doesn't allow to happen well then again Saints defense slick side been a kind of sneak kind of sliding a bit you see then they made the adjustment which Dennis Allen did say uh halftime adjustments are overrated you know it's about do your damn freaking job or whatever the, what he said that you know he got a little uh you know animated on the post uh conference win last week but the reality is Saints offense died in the second half and, you know, it's showing a disconnect because people, it's week nine. You know, how long do we have to wait? I guess it'll take as long as it takes before it picks up. But a lot of it is through, you know, this guy, you know, well, listen, I'm going to do, you know, I'm playing, you know, that guy. So if we can be able to kind of help, and I've said this before, it's not a secret, if we can run the ball, you know, we need to have a better blocking, run blocking game than what we had last week. We have to be able to run block better because it has to be through the power of the running back room that the Saints gain success. We've seen it. Elvin Kamara and Taysom Hill are two of the biggest playmakers that's moving the, the, the Saints offense. These guys almost, almost just between them two are really carrying the offense in many stretches. Now you see Chris Olave out there. Michael Thomas had one ball thrown to him. Last game, so he wasn't really affected. Juwan Johnson got involved. Even Foster had a, a catch or two in the game. But really, the people that's truly caring, not to take nothing away from Derek Carr, but outside of Carr that's really carrying the team is Taysom Hill and Elvin Kamara. Those guys have been phenomenal during this last couple of weeks. And we need to keep doing that. We need to keep utilizing and getting those guys going. It makes life easier for everybody, especially in the offense. Because Derek Carr is, and I'm not saying he's not studying. I really do believe what he's saying. Like when he said, you know, I prepare, yeah, you know, I prepare every game like it's a Super Bowl. He said that. And I was like, I believe the guy. I really do. I believe him. But it's it's 
taking a while. So until he finally gets to where he needs to be and his understanding of the principles and offense and how everything works for the Saints, then we need to keep relying on that running game and Taysom and Elvin and those guys to open things up for us because no disrespect to Carr, it's just a, it's just a simple thing. He doesn't he, he hasn't had that grasp yet, but every game you see some improvement, but it's like, man, damn, we need to find what works like and stick to them. Like, and cause they found the answers and the Saints don't utilize them. It's that's the frustrating part about why things keep happening. Things keep sliding back because they keep going back to what is not working. Like say for instance, like we see in the last game, like they were, we were prior to the winning streak started, we was like, man, what's going on? Well, the offense gets stuck in the mud. They they do the no-huddle offense or the two-minute offense, whatever you want to term it. But it's an offense. You If your offense is struggling, you're supposed to be able to jump into that. At any point in the game, if your offense is struggling, jump into the two-minute offense and create a rhythm, then you can slide back out to out of it into what you usually would do. But we weren't, we weren't doing that. Like the first half he was doing, the second half of the game, offense died. We, we didn't jump in and out of that two-minute to galvanize a force the offense to start moving in a direction that we wanted to. We it needed rhythm. We need the rhythm. So you have to pick up and hit it. You you got to do the rhythm thing. So run the two-minute offense, jump into it right quickly, spark a rhythm, get something going, take advantage of the defense being tired, and just do your thing. You see, we didn't do that. We just kept running base plays, and that frustrates me because I'm like, didn't we learn this? We've learned this. We went through losses where we learned that we need to do this. When the offense gets stuck in the mud, we need to do this. And they don't do it at times. And that's the frustrating part. Then they sit up here scratching our heads like, well, what the hell happened? Bro, we figured this out. We figured out that that one plus one is two. We figured that out. We figured it out. So it's no reason for us to keep figuring it out every week. You know, I, you know, it's a, it's, we have to be able to, when things like that, there is something set up. A, f- a fail safe that if if we get stuck in the mud offensively, let's galvanize, jump into the two minute offense, and try to force this thing along. Let's get it going, you know. And and that's the take. Let's just get into it, and you know. And there's some other innovations that we can do, like you know, perhaps using the fullback a little bit more to the tree tight end look, stuff like that when we run in the football in the red zone, seeing that we can get Jimmy Graham on the field because he's a big uh, target in the red zone. Stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just, we, that's the frustrating part about all of this is like, man, boy, it's the, the, we are, you know, the, the offensive room at times seem like they're so forgetful because, like, dude, we done lost because of this stuff. We done studied the film and we keep going back to the same stuff that don't work. And even when we get a funk, we get into a funk because sometimes it happens. How do we get out the funk? Because we were trying to have our rookie kicker to kick a field goal to get us up by 10 as opposed to when you get five turnovers in the game, fam, you ain't supposed to beat the team by seven points. Let me tell you something. If you're worth your salt, especially if most of the turnovers is putting you on the short side of the field, you know, you get me. So in the end, I just want us to remember what didn't work and what did work and when to put what didn't, what did work, where it goes. That's all I'm saying at the end of the day. Sometimes we just forget that, man. You really forget that. Anyway, he talked about uh, Josh Dobbs. Let me share this with you, fam. Let me share this with you. This is Josh Dobbs, some of his stuff right here. Graduated with a 4.0 in aerospace engineering, interned for NASA twice, 
on his first game as the Minnesota Vikings without knowing the playbook of his performance. Dude really intelligent. His parents worked for NASA. Dude is basically a rocket scientist. Like, how is this guy not more of a face? This guy has been in the league for several years now. How is this guy not, like, you know how the guy's a rocket scientist playing quarterback. Could you believe the ridiculousness in there? How is he not more of a face in the NFL? He obviously has the intelligence to play the position. Like, he got in there, didn't know most. He just got there not too long ago. He came after the trade deadline. He was a third-string quarterback. Kirk Cousins goes down. They pick up bringing Josh Dobbs. They had a rookie quarterback starting on top of him. He got knocked out of the game with a concussion. And then Dobbs steps in. Beat and you know, if Lowe's still here, Lowe can explain to you how Dobbs was able to come from behind and beat the Falcons last week. Thank you, Josh Dobbs. Appreciate you. This week, we're gonna show Atlanta how it's supposed to be done. But, dude, this is a very unique person. How many rocket science quarterbacks that you know? You know, this is just ridiculous. This dude is literally a rocket scientist playing football. Do you not understand how cool that is, <laughs> dude? You know, I, I, do do we not realize how rare this is when we're, when we're watching? The dude is a rocket scientist playing quarterback in the NFL, and he's actually he's actually good. How was it? How is it this dude more of a a face in the NFL? I mean, seriously, man, how isn't this guy more of a face? He was good at the University of Tennessee. Elvin Kamara know who he is. He played down there with him. And I remember uh, scouting Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs was a very was a good quarterback at the University of Tennessee. When he got drafted, he never, you know, he played throughout the league, mostly as a second and third string quarterback. The dude is the dude is a very smart person. He's really intelligent, as you know. He'll pick up this stuff real that high IQ, he'll pick up this stuff really fast. But I just can't overemphasize the rarity in having a rocket scientist that plays quarterback in the NFL and how super cool that is. That's something that you could show. I showed my boys Josh Dobbs. I showed him, I was like, listen, this is dude. He's black. He's a he's a rocket scientist. And he plays quarterback. Boy, this is ridiculous. This is awesome. You know? Think about that, man. But anyway, let's move on to the next. Man, let's get into uh, the Saints commentary as we get ready to get into the game because that's who we're going to be playing. Now, let's look at some of the statistics right here uh, dealing with the uh, Saints and the Vikings matchup. And this is the NFL rankings, it's, you know, our, our position with theirs. Saints, obviously, five and four. Vikings are five and four. They're currently on a four game winning streak, which in itself speaks a lot to how excellent the Vikings have been over the last several weeks. Family, they're playing with Dow Jefferson. One of the best wide receivers in the business, damn near unstoppable. Kirk Cousins, who was actually doing a pretty decent job prior to him getting hurt. They're missing their starting quarterback, the, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and they still are having success despite these losses. The third-string quarterback comes in, guides him to victory over the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, over the Atlanta Falcons, sorry. And it's just amazing how they are winning without these people. So, and then we go up there today, building to bank, what is it, bank one center or a stadium, whatever, up there. And we have to go up there and beat them. Now, we know we have a very interesting history, to say the least, with the Minnesota Vikings. We understand that, the playoff stuff. And we owe them a lot, you know. We owe them, you know, to, to take it to them, you know. And I ain't going to say it's a rivalry, but you can't, you know, when you talk about Atlanta, that's the rivalry. But you talk about Minnesota, like Dallas and Top my three, my three guys, uh, three teams 
that uh, maybe I can give you a top four or maybe even five, but I'll just go four. Atlanta, Dallas, you got to throw, uh, I can give you five of them at the top of my list. I have to say Atlanta, and this in terms of rivalry games, which you're going to see a lot of good stuff happening. Atlanta, of course. Number two is Dallas. Number three to me is because of the playoff implications or the playoff uh, history between the Saints and Vikings. They're in there. You can miss, kind of mash up the rest of these guys, the 49ers, the Vikings, and uh, what's the other team? Uh, damn, I just had them. I just, damn. But anyway, that's, that's I'll give you four. I can't remember. I had the fifth one in my head. I just can't recall it now. But the, Vi- the, the Falcons, the Cowboys, and then you can miss, mix the Niners and Vikings in there. And it's a third, uh, 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 another team that I just can't remember right now that I would throw in there. But anyway, the Vikings, because of the playoff history, if you go back in the day and you talk about the Vikings and the Saints, the Vikings used to knock the Saints over the head when we played in the playoffs. And then, of course, in the, one of the recent playoff games, like a couple of years ago, they with the push, Kyle Rudolph with the push of PJ Williams in the corner. The NFL says, no, we're not going to, you're going to, not, we're not going to review that play, even though, you review the rule says you review all touchdowns. They elected not to review. That's how I knew. And I say that's more proof that this shit's uh, uh, many facets. When you get to the playoffs, it's super crooked because you're breaking your own rules just to make sure these people win. <laughs> they did. They elected not to review it. I'm like, I thought you was man. It was mandatory. That's when I was like, this is bullshit, man. And I started hammering these people really hard with these part-time referees because they they're not even real refs. They're like WWE refs. You could just buy, you can just elect to not enforce rules. It's bullshit, man. Come on. I'm gonna call it like it is. But anyway, the Vikings game. Now we had an interesting history with them, how we played them in the, the games of prior to us getting to the Super Bowl that year on our Super Bowl run, how we chopped down Brett Favre. And listen, the bounty game and all that kind of crap that they're talking about came out of there, talking about we was bountying up on uh uh, Brett Favre in a matchup with all them damn teams did that. All of them did it. All of them did it. But the Saints got singled out. Oh, they were being dirty. They was being underhanded. All them damn teams had boundaries, uh, uh, boundaries, uh, bounties they was doing. All of them did. Hell, Greg Williams said when they was interviewing him that they was doing where he doing it where he coming from. But all of a sudden, the Saints got hit. But by the way, just to let you know, Viking people that are listening, yeah, the Saints were dirty in that game, in the NFC game with Brett Favre, and they was getting them low and all this shit. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, the Saints got hit with a bounty. That shit got reversed, but they did never broadcast that. That They threw that out. They had an independent people came in, looked at it, and said Roger Goodell overstepped in what he did. They never gave up the, the draft picks back, and that's another whole other story. But we have an interesting history that's a part of it against these Minnesota Vikings. That's why we need to hammer them. And we've been given an opportunity. They are missing their best wide receiver, one of the best players on their team, and a starting quarterback. No disrespect to Josh Dobbs, who just got there. He's really intelligent, but we got to give him a real intelligent beatdown, if you know what I mean. We got we to take it to him. Five and four, both teams right now. Saints on the two-game winning streak. Vikings on the four-game winning streak. Saints offense averaging, scoring-wise, 21.6, which is middle of the pack in the NFL, literally middle of the, middle of the pack, 15. You look at the Vikings averaging 20, almost 23 points a game. That's good for 13th in the NFL. Opposing scoring average, NFL ranked Saints giving up 19 points a game. That's top 10. Matter of fact, eight to be precise. The Vikings are allowing you to score almost 22 points a game, which is good for 17th in the NFL. Total offensive rank, Saints putting up almost 343 yards per game. That's good for middle of the pack, basically 14. Vikings almost 355 
good for top 10 in the NFL. Rushing offense, Saints putting up 104 yards per game. That's good for 19. Vikings, 81.3, almost dead last. They still a few spots off of being dead last. I mean, a Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com slash audio. In the NFL, uh, 29th at the back of the league, 81.3. It's what they rush at. So they're not very good at running the football. Passing offense, averaging 240 for the Saints, which is 11 in the NFL. Not bad. Vikings, passing offense, 273.4. That's good for second in the NFL. Despite them having Jefferson being out, Kirk Cousins gone, they're still putting up some numbers, fam. They're still putting up some numbers here. All right. Total defense, when we get to the defense, you look at what the Saints are doing. 304.3. Good for seventh in the NFL. Vikings 23, uh, 328, excuse me, for 13th. Rush defense, Saints 112.3, 17th in the NFL. 102.6 by the Vikings is good for 12th. Passing defense, secondary-wise, 192 flat for the Saints with the allowed through the air, through the uh, secondary top 10, seventh to be precise. Vikings 225.4, that's 18th in the NFL. So the statistics can be showing you that Saints secondary stepping up. The defense did have some slippage because we allow uh, we're allowing running quarterbacks to kind of pile up statistics, and that's kind of really inflating the Saints numbers. It's kind of deceptive to a degree. If you're not watching the games, you'll notice that damn the Saints are allowing uh, people to put up 112 yards per game running at the Saints. A lot of that is scrambling yards by quarterbacks. Saints not stopping them. And then we had the, the running back. Uh, last week they put up like 80 something yards and then Tyson, the quarterback was scrambling around and he put up like another 60 yards or something like that to kind of punch him over. So it's kind of deceptive because the saints have done, 
haven't done a really good job of stopping or slowing down these guys when they start scrambling and they create and extend plays and keep drops going, which is problematic. So anyway, as we keep going, and now we look at our secondary, secondary doing good, man. But the kickoff return average for the Saints, 21 uh, uh, yard, almost 21 points a game, or 21, uh, yeah, 21 yards for 19, 23 for the Vikings flat for 14 punt return average NFL. It's 15.4. Rashid Shahid doing this thing. That's second in the NFL. Shout out to him. Vikings almost eight yards. That's terrible. 22. And you see the turnover margin for the Saints is plus eight, which is which is tied for thir- uh, three. Uh, they tied with three different teams for the third spot. And then it's minus five for the Vikings with tw- tied for 28th in the NFL. So the Saints plus eight on the turnover margin. The Saints getting it. Saints getting the turnovers, man. And of course, you see the penalties. Penalties, 55 penalties. Uh, so far for the Saints versus 43 by the Vikings, 518 penalty yards for the Saints versus 330. That a lot of penalties. And you see the opposition penalty, 61 versus penalty yards, 463. That's the op penalties for them. So that's some of the statistics right there. Really, the most some of the more important team statistics is kind of indicate where both teams are in what they do. Vikings, not so much of a running team as so a lot of it's built on the on them passing the football from a defensive standpoint, numbers indicate that you could throw the ball against them as opposed to run the ball on them. And it will show the statistics will show you can't throw against the Saints, but you can run on the Saints. That's kind of up and down because they we got to do a better job of stopping these quarterbacks from scrambling around, fam. Let me just be honest with you. That's what it basically comes down to, stopping them. All right, so let's get familiar with who these people are, the Minnesota Vikings. Let's share all these team statistics right here. You see Kirk Cousins, over 2,300 yards. He's done for the year. So Josh Dobbs so far, first start, he was 20 of 30 in the matchup against the Falcons, 158. He had two touchdowns, and he was sacked three times. His completion percentage was almost 67%. So he came in there and guided them to a win on a rating of 101.8. So he'll be the guy there for the team that we have to deal with. The rocket science court, rocket scientist quarterback is there. So what we got to do as a team, we just got to, we got to get to him. We got to get pressure to him. Now I've said this the last several shows when we do these previews of these games that the saints have to dial up the pressure. We're not, and, and we're trying to get pressure with four, the majority of the time, every night and we'll shoot the blitz and teams have been doing a good job of eating up the blitz and blocking and keeping them off. Uh, keeping their quarterbacks upright. And usually the rhythm has been those quarterbacks, whether it was the guy from Chicago or the guy from Indianapolis or whatever, they'll get in a rhythm with their people. And then we'll have to make an adjustment. They'll start scrambling around and the saints will, you know, defense just doesn't do enough. And we played the, the interview from cam early in this year about pressures, but you know, what are we talking about here? He talked about pressures, pressures. And I said the same thing. I was like, dude, why are we keeping pressure stats? Pressure stats don't mean anything unless it translates into a sack. A sack. If a guy pressures the quarterback, if he's pressuring or blitzing from the left side of the line and he comes and flushes the guy, the quarterback, out toward the opposite side of the offensive line into the arms of the defensive end, that's the only time a pressure should matter. But pressures that do not translate into success don't mean a damn thing to me. It really don't. Or to anybody that got some sense. Davenport had a ton of pressures uh, last year that didn't and he finished. He was a bum. He didn't do a damn thing for us. So, I mean, but we got, this is the whole thing with him. We got to get pressure on Josh Dobbs. We can't let Josh Dobbs sit back there and get comfortable. And plus he scrambles around too. He'll use his, his legs. Any quarterback work this salt. If you give him the time, 
he's going to he's going to make problems for you. So we have to do a better job of getting pressure to these guys and knocking them down early to disrupt them having a rhythm. Let's get to them early. That's what we need to do. Let's get to these people early, knock them around. If we can do that, then that'll put it. That would definitely impact what his chem, his chemistry and his synergy with that offense. Cause we can't have Dobbs Rob Dobbs rolling around back there, cool in the pocket, making plays up the field. Hell no, we can't let that happen, man. And then uh, their top running back is Alexander Madison, a really good power back right now. Not nothing really shaking with the running attack right now. He has through nine games, 122 carries for 434 yards, averages 3.6 yards per carry, like a North South power run, a very skilled running back. Not much shaking. He has zero rushing touchdowns and averages with 48.2 yards per game. So not nothing really shaking with him. Cam Akers is a guy that they brought in to kind of compliment him, but nothing really shaking with the rushing attack. Like I showed you statistically, they're not very good at running the football. So a lot of pressure is put on the quarterback to perform. That's why the uh, passing stats are so, you know, ridiculous with them being you know, in the tops of the NFL, because if they don't move the ball that way, then they're going to have an issue because they can't rely on the rushing attack. And we can't, and they're not going to go into the game and say, well, we got to throw to win. No, they're going to come into the game. They need the running game to help take pressure off of Josh Dobbs. They need that to happen. So Madison and the Saints and whoever they run out there, whether it's Alexander Madison's going to start and the Cam Akers comes in, whatever the case may be, we have to do a better job of making sure these guys don't get going. Now they did. They don't get Justin Jefferson back for this game. Who is we know who he is. But T.J. Hawkinson, the big tight end, he should be playing in this game. Sixty catches right now. He leads the team in receptions. The tight end doing. He's a good one. He can block and catch the ball. Big guy. Uh, six six catches off of eighty targets. Five hundred and forty seven yards. He has three touchdowns in the average of sixty one yards per game. He is the guy. Now usually. A guy like Hawkinson would be who Josh Dobbs throw the ball to because that's just commonplace from you know a traditional standpoint that most quarterbacks, if they got a good tight end, they're going to use the tight end as a security blanket. They're going to look for him and throw to him. And he could be a, a matchup problem. He's a big guy. He can move. He can catch. And he's a, a, a pretty decent tight end. So I expect Do- Josh Dobbs to locate T- and find T.J. Hawkinson around, you know, to find and make plays to him to kind of keep the, the chains moving, so, so to speak. Outside of Hawkinson is Jordan Addison, who's a former first round draft pick from USC. I want to say, let me push, uh, hit, show you TJ Hawkinson right here. You can see him right there, the big tight end, uh, 60 catches, 547, three touchdowns. He averaging 9.1 yards per catch. So that's almost a first down every time he gets the ball. And it's Jordan, it's Jordan Addison with Jefferson out. This is the guy, former first round draft pick, 41 catches, 534, seven touchdowns, and averages 13 yards per catch. Seven touchdowns, so he leads the team in touchdown. The kid could play. He could play, and he's the complement to a guy like Justin Jefferson. And then, of course, they, they had some injury issues, but they get K.J. Osborne back, too, in the game, who's a guy that averages 12 yards per catch. He has two touchdowns on 32 yards. I mean, 32 uh, catches, excuse me, with 377 yards. So this guy has some speed with him as well. And he was on concussion protocol, and he was listed questionable for the game, but I think K.J., looking like K.J. might play in this game. So – they do have some weapons, and just because Justin Jefferson isn't there, they have other guys they're going to try to go to. T.J. Hawkinson, 60 catches. Jordan Addison's 41 catches. K.J. Osborne has 32 catches in a game. And Alexander Madison, even though he's not running the ball really well, he doesn't have a rushing touchdown, he does have 23 catches. 
and he has no touchdowns catching, but he's a part, he can he's a guy that can also catch the ball out the backfield to kind of assist what they got going on. So we're going to work the keys of victory up in this thing, but y'all know off top that we got to keep help, helping the Vikings stink running the ball. We have to one-dimensionalize, as I say, the game plan for the Vikings to put the pressure on Josh Dobbs while the Saints put the pressure on Josh Dobbs defensively, just rushing him, getting to him, knocking him around, making him uncomfortable. TJ Hawkinson is probably going to be his top target. Justin, I mean, Jordan Addison, who's a guy that can get deep, is, uh, is they're going to be looking to get those guys and KJ Osborne, those guys going. So we have to be able to understand that Hawkinson probably is going to be the target for a guy like Josh Dobbs, who's still kind of getting familiar with what the Vikings are doing. So, Anyway, and then let's trans. Let's move over to the defense. Cameron uh, Bynum is a dude. It's two eighty tacklers, two eighty tackles, guys on the Minnesota Vikings team. One's a linebacker. We know about Jordan Hicks. He has eighty tackles on the year and a sack, and he even has an interception. So he's having a really good uh, year right now. Jordan Hicks, right here. So you can see right here, he's playing really good ball for them this year. And then of course you look at Cameron Bynum as a safety back there who has, uh, they say, 56 uh, solo tackles right here. But if you look at completion, total tackles, 80 total tackles for, for Cameron Bynum, and he also has two interceptions. So the guy in a half a sack. So the guy is actually doing a pretty good job. Harrison Smith, the other veteran safety, is there. Not as fast as he used to be, but the guy has a head for the ball. <laughs> he knows he plays on the – knows where to be on the field and will knock the hell out of you. I mean, seriously, Harrison Smith is a hitter. And like I said, athletic-wise, he's not there, but he will knock the hell out of you. He knows where to be on the field. Very smart guy. 61 tackles. He has three sacks and no picks on the year. And then they have a few other guys to talk about, but one of the big guys to talk about is this guy, Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter has 10 sacks this year. He has 10 sacks. Daniil Hunter has 10. He's an LSU guy. You know, we got love for our LSU guys. A ten sack, a ten sack performance this year by Daniel Hunter. Ten sacks, forty six total tackles, thirteen tackles for loss, two pass defense, three forced fumbles. Daniel Hunter is is having a really excellent year. Ten sacks he has so far. That is just amazing. So he's just getting loose. He tanned it up. We can't let this guy impact the game any kind of way. He is an absolute monster in the force for the Minnesota Vikings. DJ Wonham is the linebacker that has who follows him up. The closest guy to Daniil Hunter is Wonham, and he has four sacks. This guy, Daniil, has 10 sacks right now. Right now. And, of course, you know about this guy. We ain't hitting on the damn thing. Marcus Davenport right now. He got two sacks. And, uh, well, he they, they placed him on IR, you know, placed him on injury reserve Wednesday. So, at least we know he's doing what he did with the Saints. <laughs> Not to laugh, but he's doing whatever he did with us, he's doing it with them. So he up there on sitting on the IR collecting free checks. So the Saints made the correct move to get him on the body. Let's look at some of the starting lineups, man, matter of fact. So we can get a, a, a – so you see Dobbs and Madison, Jordan Addison, K.J. Osborne, Brandon Powell, another one, the third wide receiver. Hawkinson should play. Ham, the fullback. And then Christian Darasaw was a guy that was hurt they, they're bringing him back. Reisner, Bradbury, Ed Ingram was another LSU Tiger, and Brian O'Neill. Pretty decent line keeping these guys upright. They, they're not very good at running the ball, but at the end of the day, they are winning games. And, of course, you look at the defense that 
it's based out of a three, four look. You probably see Jacqueline Roy, another LSU guy. They love them LSU Tigers up there, boy. Daniel Hunter, uh, Jacqueline Roy, Ed Ingram. We get a ton of Tigers on this Viking team, man. They love the, the LSU Tigers up there in Minnesota, man. Harrison Phillips and Jonathan Bullard there. And you see Daniel Hunter, Ivan Pace Jr., who used to, I think Ivan Pace scouted him. He was a Cincinnati dude, wasn't he? Yep. Undersized. So this guy could ball, man. He was just an undersized linebacker but he can ball and then of course Wynum's there the second uh one of them who was the second leading tackle on the team but then you get to the secondary with Evans and you got two safeties and Smith and Bynum and Byron Murphy Jr. is also there as well so um hey, look they got Jay Ward another LSU Tiger there man he's he's, he's it's LSU littered in Minnesota LSU players all over the place up there with these guys and of course the place kickers Greg Joseph Ryan Wright and the return man Brandon Powell and I'm not going to even try to uh Nwangu, I think the man, his name always have problems pronouncing my African brother's names at time. All right. So anyway, that's some of it. Keys to victory. What should the Saints do to get the victory from the Minnesota Vikings fan? What would what, what would be the proper way for the Saints to do it? And it really is, isn't no secret, isn't it? Is it, fam? You know, not turning the ball over, uh, neutralizing the running attack, making sure, uh, you know, the Saints put pressure on Josh Dobbs. Uh, to carry the length of the game and pressuring them, knocking them down, sacking them, not allowing them to um, leaking out, leak out the pocket, not allowing him to uh, extend plays uh, at lib, doing stuff like that. Like we've seen the last several games when we allow our quarterbacks to leak out, run for yardage with the Chicago Bears quarterback was very frustrating, allowing him to run all over the place, throw the ball down the field, gain confidence, let their offense get going. So we can't allow that to happen. We have to be able to get to uh, Josh Dobbs and knock him down, uh, sack him, frustrate him, put the pressure on him to win the game, show him different looks. And on the offensive side with the Saints, the Saints have to be able to galvanize. They have to, from an offensive standpoint, they got to remember what works. We got to go. There's plenty of film. It's more than enough film to know what we're doing and what we're not doing. And we just simply not executing. Is it an intelligence issue? Is it's either one or two things? Either either it's an intelligence issue, which we know it can't be that, but this is what I'm seeing. Either either it's an intelligence issue or a discipline issue. While the Saints are not making the adjustments, the overrated adjustments, you know, that need to be made to get this stuff under control. There should be nobody scrambling around uh extending plays. And you have an idea of that. You know, so this, these press conferences that we had during this week, that was the emphasis, especially during the Thursday press conferences where they were making the media was beating the, 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 the topic that the Saints needed to focus on it from a defensive standpoint and not allowing quarterbacks to run around. Now that they know that's what they need to do, how will they change that? Because that is one of the biggest Achilles heels that happened for the Saints, not just for this year, but for last year and years prior, is that they've, for a long time, had have been bad at stopping guys from running around. We ain't talking about Lamar Jacksons or Kyler Murrays or, or, or guys like that. We talking about second and third string quarterbacks coming in there running around on you. We talking about NFL journeymen like Baker Mayfield running around, extending plays and scrambling on you. Them type of guys. And I'm like, dude, what, what, what are we doing here? What, what is going on here? How, how, how is Baker Mayfield able to do that to the Saint defense? As Gardner mentioned, this Tyson Baggin or whatever his name is, how, how could that guy do this to us? What's going on here? 
making these mediocre quarterbacks look way better than what they actually are. And when they start and when any anybody's dangerous with some confidence, if you get old third string uh, middling ass quarterback that start gaining confidence like he did, like he to jump, you're going to see that that offense flock and gather behind him and move like it would happen with Tyson Beggin. They were believing in him until the Bears started. They went away from him doing them scramble plays when him he scoring because the Saints couldn't stop him. And they started running the ball with the running back. And that's when the Saints made the adjustment. They neutralized it. Then his play started to suffer because his game's built on confidence. When his confidence started going away, then the passes start sailing. The start the interception started coming. By that time, it was over with. You got to ride the hot hand, and they didn't. They took it out of the hot hand into the running back, and that's when the Saints made the adjustments, and the game was over with. I even called it. I was like, man, they see what the they're taking it away from the hot hand. Ride the hot hand until the hot hand is not a hot hand anymore. The guy's hot. You ride the hot hand until you get the dub. Bears was stupid. That's why they losing. Well, they won last week against the Carolina Panthers because, you know, well, I ain't going to say nothing about the Carolina Panthers. Know what time it is. But anyway, that's one of the things that we can't do. Big Achilles heel for a while, man. And people recognizing and realizing, and don't you think for a second, that the Minnesota Vikings haven't studied film on the last game and the game before that game and several other games to say this defense is susceptible because they have a issue and a problem in stopping us from running the ball. They've always had that problem for the last several years. They let guys run around on them and extend plays, which turn into touchdowns or first downs. And it's very frustrating. You know, you get get in there, get the guys out. So you get back onto the sideline, let your offense come out there. But if you allowing them to extend plays like that, it keeps you on the field. You get tired and it it amplifies their chances of scoring a touchdown, at least getting the field goal. So do we, we got to change that. That's when it comes down to it. So, so the saints, uh, that's what they got to do. All right, so anyway, let's look at the injury report, man. Let's maybe kind of move over to the injury report to show you what who's going to be playing according to the last, the final injury report we, we, that we did receive. Uh, 10 for week number 10. Week 10, fam. Kendra Miller is listed as out. He won't play. Isaiah Foskey, the snowman, is out as well. Ryan Ramchek just was resting. So he was limited Friday, so he should play. Ty Summers is good. Demario Davis with the knee, good. Adam Prentice, full practice. He should return. He, he should be in the game. But the Saints don't utilize Prentice as much as they should utilize Prentice. I wonder why we got a fullback here and we don't. We just have them, you know, we don't utilize them correctly, in my opinion, man. We need to put him in front of some of the running backs and let them help out that way. In Minnesota Vikings, Hall, the rookie quarterback, is out. Uh, Lowry, the def- starting defensive end, or uh, lineman, is, is doubtful for the matchup. Brian Asamoah, the second, is questionable despite the fact that he was limited. Hawkinson is limited, but he will play. I promise you that they got Jefferson with a hamstring issue. Reports say that Justin Jefferson will not play until his hammy is 100 percent. Now, we've seen these reports and I've often questioned people. And you got Astrid here designated to return from IR currently in the 21 21 day window. We've seen something like this last week. It didn't work for us in terms of when we've seen uh, Justin Jefferson, not Justin Jefferson, just another Justin Fields, Justin Fields was listed on the IR report, but he was not considered a out on the final report. Now, when it came down to game day, he was in a healthy, well, he was inactive listed there, but we still got to pay attention to that. What if this is a sneak move, even though they putting out and leaking stuff saying that he won't play until his hammy's a hundred percent, but the designation say he has been practicing and he is questionable. Now, there are reports, and I've seen several different reports saying that he won't play in this game, but he's listed as questionable for this game. So until I see 
him being inactive on game day, I still have to think maybe they're trying to slip us one. Is you see what I'm saying? Because they could tell us anything. Say, so well, we, he's not 100%, which he, we know he's not 100%. But still in all, he's listed as limited and questionable. Well, he won't play Q2. He's 100%. Show me. That's what they say. This could be wartime propaganda. This could be something that they throw out there to us to kind of throw us off. So until I see him listed as out or inactive on game day at 1030 when the, the inactives come out or whenever they come out at 1030, then we don't know what time it is. Because the Bears did this last week, and then they say he's inactive for the game fields was. But what if it's the different effect this game? Because they can use a boost from Jefferson. They really could. They went in four games. Him being out there help, helping Dobbs and changes everything. Even if he's not 100%, just having him out there for a little bit and do this, that, and the third kind of sw- switches things up. So we'll see, man. I just don't trust, you know, this wartime, man. When you're in wartime, you're supposed to, when it's wartime and wars are going on, fam, you're not supposed to believe the propaganda that's coming out. I mean, this is just real. You're not supposed to accept the propaganda because the majority of the time when wars are going on, the propaganda is going to work for whoever paying for the, the thing. We know the people reading off the teleprompters, God damn it. So, I mean, in the end, most times you got to take it with a grain of salt and you really should go and listen to what the other team is saying as well. So this is, you know, we fighting, you know, we got, uh, we, this is a fight with the Minnesota Vikings. we got to beat this team to keep going to go into the off week as a winner and win three games straight and go up to six and four, which would be a really good thing for us. I don't believe what they're saying until I see that he's an inactive scratch on game day. So we'll see, man. Hopefully we'll see. Then KJ Osborne fully practiced. So he'll play in the game. Chris Reed, the guard is questionable. He'll fully practice. Darasaw, we just showed you. He's a starting left tackle. He's fully going. Johnny Munt, who's the uh, tight end, is good to go. And Naylor, who is a wide receiver, dealing with uh, hamstring issues, fully practiced. So there you go. Minnesota Vikings are a dangerous team, despite the fact that Kirk Cousins isn't there. They don't run the ball very good. The Vikings are still a dangerous team. They are still a very dangerous team for us to deal with. So we can't be slacking in our game in any sense of the matter. Uh, just because they won in three at home, we still got to be able to take care of business against this team. Now I expect the Saints to probably activate one of their practice squad running backs with Kendra Miller being out of the game. So don't be surprised if you see that happen. And uh, we just have to keep it pushing. Or perhaps they just keep, they run two with Taysom there because you can add Taysom as a running back too. That's how I do it. And maybe Jimmy Graham gets an opportunity to finally get out on the field and help us do some stuff. So we'll see. All right. So in, yeah, Jordan Mims is who I'm thinking about. Perhaps they activate Jordan Mims here. And uh, and then, of course, this is the Saints starting lineup. We know about Carr, Kamara, L. And listen, the Saints have been very fortunate to be this healthy, right, in week number 10, fam. Listen, Carr, he had a little snafu early on. Elvin's been here. Chris Olave's been there. Michael Thomas has been there. Rashid Shahid's been there. Jawan Johnson, he had missed about a month worth of games. He came back, did some positive stuff. Adam Prentice just got off the IR. He'll be available to play. Uh, we did have some issues with our offensive line, you know, with James Hurst missing time, Andrews Pete missing time. Um, and then we had several key reserves had issues as well. But right now, we're looking pretty decent. And they're showing you the lineup of Andrews Pete, Hurst, McCoy, Ruiz, and Ramchek. And these guys finally getting healthy. So perhaps having these guys back can help us establish the run. Maybe we can get the running game going here and kind of move things forward because it would be nice to see that. Defensively, Cam, Nate, Shepard, Colin Sanders, and Carl Granderson. Shout out to Granderson leading the team with sacks. He continues to show his thing. Cam got in the game, got him one or two. 
And we got to keep this thing going. Brian Brissy and Malcolm Roach have been doing a really good job coming in as reserves to help out. We know with Isaiah Foskey, the snowman out, we'll see two new passing. You'll step up and play. Kyle Phillips is another guy we brought in from the Jets. We love Jets, former guys from the Jets, Demario Davis, Nate Shepard, guys like that come in and help us. Uh, Malcolm uh, May, uh, Marcus Makes, our another Jet guy. So, I mean, we, we like some of these former Jets to help us defensively. You know, Pete Warner, Demario Davis, Zach Bowen, uh, Paulson Adebo, Laddie Daddy, uh, Alante Taylor, really excited about this great secondary we had, Paulson Adebo, NF, uh, NFL, NFC Defensive Player of the, of the Week, did a stellar job, a couple of interceptions and all this kind of stuff that happened. Really good uh, week for Paulson Adebo. Opposite of Lattimore, man, he gets targeted a lot because Lad is the shutdown dude. Paulson cleaned it up really well. Alante Taylor is really phenomenal too. Marcus May had an interception. Tyron Matthew, these guys are veterans stepping it up. Jordan Howden, really excited about him. And Isaac Yidham did some positive stuff on special teams. Like he fielded that special teams play by knocking it out of the end zone before he got to the end zone to the two-yard line where they made him start all the way from back there. So, yeah, we got a lot of positive stuff going on for the Saints right there. As uh, we are, for the most part, if you look at the Saints, they are healthy at week 10. That is a positive because usually we kind of banged up limping into the off week. And I think uh, – what us having like right here, let me get the schedule up right here. But if you look at the Saints schedule as it stands right here, we got the Vikings in the bye week. Most teams kind of limp into the bye week. The Saints are not limping into the bye week. We're actually doing pretty good, you know, and we get the Minnesota Viking win. That'll give us three games straight. Saints six and four going into the bye week. It'll be awesome. Then we come out the bye week right after Thanksgiving. Is it Thanksgiving? Well, anyway, on the 26th, and just kick the, kick the Atlanta Falcons' teeth in, you know, and just knock them around like that. It's going to be interesting. The next, what is it, seven games? Boy, I tell you, we already there, family, right through the season. So you got to hope that the Saints, at some point, offensively speaking, get this under thing. But look at that, man. The Vikings, then the bye week. Then we come out against the Atlanta Falcons. Two home games against Detroit and Carolina. No, actually three. Detroit, Carolina, and the Giants. The Giants not really doing much now. Carolina's suffering. But then again, you can't look past none of these teams that's struggling because they'll they'll be real desperate around that time, throwing everything, going for it on fourth down, doing all these trick plays. You got to be ready for all of that stuff going forward. So yeah, we got seven, what, eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games left. Eight games remaining in the regular season for the black and gold. So Minnesota's up next. We got to get the dub. They're banged up, man. And listen, we got to take it every take advantage of that. So with that being said, let me go ahead on and kind of turn to the family members, man, and see if I can get some of y'all questions, man. Uh, and I'd like to thank you guys for joining us for this episode of Coffee with Q on Saturday morning, up early talking Saint football with the fam. So let me see if I can kind of uh, get some uh, get some uh, talking from you guys right here. Y'all got any questions, please throw them in the chat as we keep it popping. All right. So anyway, all right. All right, the uh, as you like, it says Vikes Packers last game of the year. Vikes won it, punched the ticket to Lambeau next week. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. All right, let's see who else we got. St. John, how you doing, Sam? Yeah, Addison is a very good wide receiver, man. Um, I remember from USC, the dude could ball, man. He's a really good compliment for a guy like Justin Jefferson, to be honest with you, man. Really good. All right. As you like it, that's Tiger Man says Daniel is, is quite. Yeah. NF. Yeah. His issues and Daniel Hunter, man, you remember him coming out of LSU, bro. It wasn't Daniel Hunter really kind of realized it because we knew he was talented at LSU. But when he stepped on the scene for the Vikings, he just he just took over. Like you remember, they had a. Your boy up there. What was his name, man? Crazy man. What was his name? What was the defensive end they had up there? I forgot the man's name. Uh, sheesh. And Daniel Hunter uh, was paired with him. What was the guy name up there, family? Y'all remember the Minnesota Viking guy? And he had all kind of issues. Y'all throw, y'all throw his name in there. Throw his name in there. The defensive end that they had up there that was good for a long time. What was his name? Um, but Daniel Hunter played opposite of him, and they were very good. It was a good tandem. And then eventually he got a little old and they kind of moved him out the way and gave it to Hunter. And when they paid Hunter, he kind of had issues staying healthy. But when the dude is healthy, he's a terror. That's what they thought um, uh, Marcus Davenport was, was him. They were saying, yeah, he's like the name, but dude, no, absolutely not. He might look like him in terms of his build, but he's nothing like Daniel Hunter, not even close, you know, and, and they realized until they signed him to a one year deal and he's sitting up there hurting right now. So, it is what it is. Yeah, but Daniel Hunter is, is t- 10 sacks right now, fam. That is phenomenal what he's doing up there. All right, any questions, y'all throw it in the chat, man. I, I don't remember the man's name. Demetrius says uh, it would be counterproductive to put him out there tomorrow if he really had playoff as- as- aspir- aspirations. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got a point on that, bro. We'll see how it works. St. Gomer says, checking in. Shout out to you, St. Gomer. Much love, man. L-Dub says, uh, PD just released MT's police spaces. Police report he's being charged with misdemeanor, simple battery, and criminal mischief. Okay, thank you for that, bro. Appreciate you on that. Um, yeah, you know, and it's uh what else could it be? You know, we we gonna move forward and um that's why I was like, I was saying thinking to myself, this kind of stuff, what what's going on with Michael, uh Thomas is not gonna be something that I don't think stops him from playing in the game. Uh, it was something simple. Uh, he just lost his cool with a, a construction worker working on the street, uh, working a, a parking while he was working on a house across the street. And it's just a part of the game. And I'm pretty sure he probably had a discussion with that guy at some point, man. 
you know. All right, Rodney, shout out to you, brother. Good to see you in the chat, man. Much love to y'all. Appreciate y'all, man, for being hit the like button for me. Emma's Fist says the last time Minnesota came to the dome, they, their injury report was heavy. AK had a good day. Yeah, that was fantastic, man. Love that game, man. Love that game, man. We need to keep this going, though. What's up, T Mama? Shout out to you, Queen. Good to see you. All right, appreciate you as well. All right, Demetrius. Uh, every time I got, yeah, 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 we didn't make we lost. I, I, well, Demetrius, we're gonna have to keep you from going there, brother. Uh, do not go to the game, bro. I don't know if you're going up there to Minnesota's up there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't go, don't, don't go, don't go to the game, brother. You know, go, go to another game. <laughs> yeah, every time you go to the game, they lose, brother. Uh, I'm gonna have to ask you not to go to the game. Stay at home and watch the game on TV, brother. If you, if you don't mind, you know, help, help out the who that nation. You know, do it like that. All right. So anyway, but yeah, man, the Minnesota Vikings matchup, man. I just think that uh, we watch uh, you know, the, the the Saints. Offensively speaking, I just want to see. Uh, man, I, I need to see more consistency from our offense. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to see them do the plays that work, you know, and then offensive line wise, I need the line to block better. I mean, run block better. We need that to happen because they've done a, a really good job over the last several weeks of keeping people off Derek Carr so he can kind of do his thing. And I noticed that Derek Carr doesn't always cycle through his progressions. He often stares guys down and fires to him. You know, he knows who he's going to soon as the play, as opposed to looking over your options and seeing what you got. that could be a better option as opposed to try to force the ball in a double covered guy. I mean, if he, that guy's double covered, somebody out here, multiple people are single covered. They can, you can see a better throwing. So the saints do realize that, you know, that the offense kind of sticks with cars in there at times. So that's why Taysom's there. Taysom comes in, Taysom starts throwing the ball. He had a completion in the game prior. And then last week's game, he had a touchdown. If if the Saints, and I've been saying that for a long time since we've been doing the Taysom Hill stuff here, is that the Saints, if they can figure out a way to balance Taysom Hill's RPO package, and it's not RPO, it's basically run option. He just runs all the time. He really just started throwing the ball more, or he throws it one time a game, which is really not a quarterback. But if he... If this Saints can get him to be more of a passer, like throwing the ball in there, if he works on his accuracy better, they're, you know, teaching him five passing plays that can turn into running plays, you know, and giving him an option to stand back there and make throws. Taysom Hill will find uh, guys because when he gets out there, there's no double team guys. I mean, people realize when Taysom Hill gets out there, they want him to throw the ball. They don't want him to run it. They rep the defenses rather Taysom Hill try to throw the ball than run it. So when he comes out there, they're going to stack the box. They're going to stack the box against Taysom Hill and dare him to throw the ball. And if he throw in the ball and he's making the completions and throwing touchdowns, that changes the game that the defense don't know what the hell to do. And that's what I was saying. I, I, when Sean Payton did this, I was like, I get what you're doing. Coach Payton, you're trying to create two separate offenses inside of the same house. That's what he was trying to do, which was genius. If you can pull it off, but they didn't have the discipline to balance the play calling with Taysom so that you can have those two offenses to operate under the same roof. Let me tell you something. When you have to plan for Derek Carr and then his offense and then plan for Taysom Hill's offense and the defense has that much extra work to do, that can be problematic. When you have to prepare for two, two offenses under the same umbrella operated by two different quarterbacks because Carr could be off in the game, but Taysom Hill can come in and save the game. Because he's already got a rhythm because he's coming in and out of the game. He's running the ball. He's catching the ball. And if he's back there throwing the ball, that creates a whole nother problem for the opposing defenses. So I can see when Coach Payton, in visual, he, when he visualized this, I can say, I was like, I know what you're doing, Coach. 
I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to create two offenses under the same umbrella, which will make it ridiculous for opposing defenses to prepare for that, especially a guy as dynamic as Taysom running around, running over people, knocking people upside the head and doing all this kind of stuff. So if they would give it balance, that's the whole point, giving it balance, allowing him to throw the ball more to kind of make the defense understand that, hey, man, I'm a threat to throw as well because they don't believe in that. They won't they won't Taysom Hill to throw the ball. So there won't be no guys getting doubled back. They won't be getting guys doubled and all this kind of stuff. So in the end, it is what it is. And we got to make sure that we continue to kind of move in the direction of if we keep running a Taysom Hill package, make it more balanced, keep it balanced, having them to throw the ball and stuff like that. That is that creates a whole nother set of issues, period. Like him throwing the touchdown last week. That was big. I was really excited about that because I was like, man, if they can do that, that would help take pressure off of Derek Carr so that the Saints could, you know, keep this thing going, man. So that was the the, the imagination behind having with Taysom Hill, having him out there running around and throwing the ball and having those two separate offenses under the same roof. So it's just not fully utilized just yet. Anyway, and then the other side with the defense, we don't talk, we don't talked about the defense needing to stop allowing guys to scramble around on them. We need to kind of lock down. We've allowed guys to start running the running backs to gather yardage as well. We can't let Madison get on his footing this game against us. We got to do a better job there. And that's just what it is, man, going forward. So oh, and I and what's my call on the game? I think the Saints ultimately win this game. We did the Madden simulation where it showed the Saints had a really good game against the Vikings up in the Vikings territory. So for, you know, for what it is and how it is, you know, we're looking at it and we're saying to ourselves, hey, man, um, we really need to take advantage of the fact that these people are missing people. We need to beat them and then go into the bye week with a three-game winning streak without be great energy coming out of the bye week, going to Atlanta and doing our thing. And, of course, if Atlanta can help us out by losing to the Cardinals, Kyler Murray starts for the Cardinals and we'll see how that works. And if the Cardinals can beat the Falcons for us, then that'll really kind of put the saints up on the pedestal and the NFC South. Cause a lot of people are really struggling. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went down where we thought they were going to go <laughs> do it. So they're going to eventually go back to where they belong. And that's where they, they're free falling. The Carolina Panthers to me, man, I was really surprised by Carolina. I'm, I'm not going to tell you no line. I am not going to kind of, you know, kind of just, you know, make fun of the Carolina Panthers because that's it's, what they're going through. That is tough what they're going through right now. Team's not very good, you know, and I didn't see that for them. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't see Carolina being this bad. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought Carolina was better than this. I thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would probably be one of the worst teams in the NFC South. Didn't see Carolina being on a two-game losing streak and the team is one in eight. And they are not very good. They don't, and even though they have a lot of talent on there, it's just Oh, they look really lost. Didn't they had a phenomenal staff that they assembled there? But my goodness, man, they look, they look, they don't look good at all. Tampa Bay is where they they lost they lost four in a row. So everybody in the NFC South right now are not doing very good. Everybody's on a losing streak. Atlanta lost two in a row. They have quarterback issues. Tampa Bay is where they are, fourth straight. Carolina is losing two in a row and they one and eight in the cellar. Didn't see that. That hurts. I know that gotta hurt my PMP brothers. I'll be going through that kind of stuff because, man, I remember that kind of, when you just you're not a very good team. It's not fun watching or doing broadcasts where your team is just stinking it up, turning the ball over, can't make a completion, uh, miss blocks. And they and the mindset of the team is overall that 
even though they might be winning, it's like they can't complete the game. The confidence is low. That's, a, you know, the coach is befuddled. He don't know what's going on. It is just, a, you know, it just like it was so much expectation starting the year with all of the moves that they were making. The trade, they traded DJ Moore and other, and other things to move up to get Bryce. And then, you know, then all this happens. They bring in Adam Thielen. They bring in all these other people. And they beef up the offensive line. They bring in the defensive players. And then, boom, one and, one and eight. New head coach, new offensive coordinators and assistant coaches, new defensive personnel, some really good assistant coaches, one and eight. It's crazy how it all goes, isn't it, family? But the Saints, only team in the uh, South right now on the two-game winning streak. Everybody else is underneath them, man. And we just have to keep this going and keep it moving and grooving. So. Man, listen, it's hard times in the in the city for some of these other squads, man. And we kind of figured it would be. So anyway, Covadia says uh Saints 24-20. I think the Saints win the game. I'm gonna make the call, fam. Saints win the game. They win the game. I don't see it as a blowout game because I still see our offense kind of pity patting. They'll get a couple of scores and then they'll die off. And that's because Saints, when that happens, they need to see it and then adjust to it, you know, as well as they could. And I, I just their adjusting ability at times, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is kind of, mm, to me, it's not all that. St. Gomez says the Vikings playing a fairly disciplined games, but not too much penalties. Yep, we got to clean this. We got we, we to play clean and at a fast pace. Yeah, and listen, the Vikings, and let me put their stuff up here because the Vikings, man, you can, we can't look past the Vikings. They're five and four in the NFC North right now. They are winners of four in a row, and it's a very interesting uh, situation with the Vikings because the Vikings are winning these games and most of their personnel is gone. They started with the Bears 19 to 13. They beat the 49ers 22 to 17. They beat the Packers 24 to 10. And then they beat Atlanta in come from behind fashion. And of course, Kirk Cousins was in those other games where they won. And um, they were away, they lost him and then they kept winning the games. You know, Dobbs came in and they won last week, came from behind and beat. The Falcons, so they're on a four game winning streak, and we just gotta we, we can't, you know, take any. And it's Minnesota, we can't look past the Vikings, man. You know, we don't, I don't like the Vikings, I think the Vikings, uh, really don't like the Vikings that much, but I respect the Vikings, you know what I'm saying? I don't like them, but I respect them. Let's just put it like that. I, I respect the Vikings because of our, our, you know, games in between the times, and when we get to play the Vikings, there's always something interesting to be honest with you. When we play the Vikings, it's always good games. So we got to go up there and beat those people in their building, man. So it'll be what it is. Yep, Demetri said the Minnesota, the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that wasn't too good, bro. Marcus Williams tucked his goddamn head and literally threw himself at the guy. Totally missed him. He took out his own player. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? And he took a lot of flack for that. He's actually played pretty decent ball for Baltimore to give him that fat contract. And the pressure, he went and got a fresh opportunity. But boy, that dude used to whiff. He has some plays here or there, but Marcus Williams, dude, dude, dude was a, a, a serial whiffer, especially for the Saints. I was like, dude, it'd be, and he did that, I think it was a rookie, and the dude was in the locker room crying. And I don't know if he ever got over that. He did play better uh, in the season, but he never was what we thought he was supposed to be when we drafted him to be, which was a pro. He's supposed to be an all-pro safety, and he never got to that level. That's why the Saints say, you know what? You can go ahead on about your business, brother. You know, we gave you an extra year to see if you can get there, but you want Pro Bowl money, you're not a Pro Bowler. 
Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, he, he never could get there, so the Saints cut him in a win. But yeah, it was... uh Man, that was one. That was a comedy of errors. I couldn't believe that. And all of the craziness that we've seen over the years, it was ridiculous. All right. Jail, uh, JLJ504 says he made Marcus Williams. Yeah, he, that was like, I was like, are you kidding me, dude? Are you real? Are you kidding me? This dude put his head down and, and literally broke one of the cardinal rules in tackling on defense. You always got to see what you're hitting. Guys get highlighted like that all the time. They duck their goddamn head and throw themselves at somebody. The guy leaps over them and makes a highlight reel of them. That's because you violating the principles. You're supposed to always see what you're hitting. If a guy, if you're watching a guy and a guy try to jump over you, boy, that you, you, you plant them like a tree. You didn't, he didn't gave himself up, but the guys leaping over you and highlighting over you is because you, you're a fool. You're let you taking your eyes off of the target. You're not supposed to do that. You always supposed to see what you hit. If you're confused, go look up a guy named Ronnie Lott and study his film and Matt and see how my Ronnie Lott, Ronnie Lott and other great safeties. There's a ton of them always seen what they always kept their high eyes on the person that they was looking at. You never duck your damn head to make a tackle. Never. Always keep your eyes firmly on what you're looking at to hit. And Marcus Williams got caught up like that. It was also the play that he against the 49ers when the dude literally caught George Kittles from behind and grabbed his face mask and held it for 15 yards while get, and then got a 15-yard penalty on top of it. They helped the 49ers win that game. And I'm like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? How do you explain that? So it was like a this dude just would have just break down mentally. I don't know what was wrong with him, but he would literally break down mentally and do stupid stuff in some of the most supreme moments of games. Like, what is going on here? Dude grabbed Kittles' face mask and held on to it while he was running, forcing the referees to call the penalty. And then he he dragged them. The guy still had was running while he grabbing his face mask, holding it for 15 yards while getting a 15-yard penalty on top. I'm like, well, dude, what are you doing? So, I mean, it was just, I'm glad that guy gone. No disrespect, but I'm glad he's about here. We, we need somebody that got this shit together, man. What's up, Beverly? Shout out to you. Good to see you, Queen. Much love to you. All right, Hemisphere says, no, Marcus, we never 
recovered from that. He was one of the main reasons why the Saints was in the position to win the game. Yeah, and there's just so many. And Marcus Williams did some admirable stuff, but we can all agree here that he fell well short of being what he was supposed to be for the Saints. He was a second-round draft pick. The Saints played right away. He came in as a rookie and played right away. He was supposed to be an all-pro safety for the Saints. And then it was strange stuff that would happen at viol- like volatile moments or cr- supreme critical moments of games. Well, he would just collapse like mentally. And I was like, the dude, I don't know. This is like when he whiffed at the guy on that tackle with the pressure on, no, you're supposed to step up and make that play. That would have made him a Saints legend. If he did, you do we realize the guy makes that play, the Saints move on to the Super I think that was a Super Bowl game behind that, wasn't it? That Vikings game was in, wasn't it the NFC Championship game, I want to say. Or was the game going to the championship? I forget. But he would have been a legend in Saints lore if he makes that tackle. Instead, he lowered his head and took out his own player. And Stephon Diggs running up the damn field. Yeah, it was the NFC. Uh, I think it was a, a a divisional game. And then it was for an opportunity to go to play Philadelphia in the, in the NFC championship. Y'all remind me if I'm correct. Because I get it mixed up at times. All right, so anyway, yeah. Not to get on my marks, but in this game with the Vikings, we're talking Vikings matchup here. Them, them, them kind of memories kind of come out when we talk about the Vikings. The what was the um, Christmas Day? Was it the Christmas Day game? Was that Christmas? Was that the Christmas Day game? Was that on Christmas? Was a holiday game when the Saints with Elvin Kamara went off for like what five rushing touchdowns? Y'all remind me sometime I get my dates mixed up. Yeah, they, okay, the game was yeah that was for, was it for the championship? I thought we I thought Philadelphia was behind them. Like it was a divisional game that led to the Saints going to play in the NFC Championship against the Philadelphia Eagles. Am I right on that, or am I am I off? Y'all remind me. Okay, King Chosen one says yes, it was. Okay, okay, oh, thank you, OG. He says six touchdowns, Christmas Day. Okay, good. Okay, I know it was a holiday. Sometimes I get it mixed up. Yeah, he says yeah, yes, it was. Okay, good. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Because yeah, that that he became he could he became a legend, but you know, unfortunately, he did not. He became a whiffer, a serial whiffer for uh the Saints and um good riddance to him and Davenport. And I'm just keeping a buck 15 with you. But anyway, yes, Saints win this matchup to me. I don't think it's a blowout. I agree more with the family members. I think they win by seven or maybe three, between three to seven points. I would be surprised if the Saints offense finally took off and started doing some stuff. I just I just want to see him put together a complete effort like against the New England Patriots. The Patriots game was a complete effort against a very bad team. Can the Saints have several of those type of matchups with the eight games we got remaining? Can we finally get it together? It's been 10 weeks, fam. This is week number 10. I mean, it'll be right around now that the Saints will say, okay, we got it. We got it figured out. We know what we're going to do. And then they implement it and start doing it. So we're 10 weeks in. So I'm expecting any week now, the Saints offense will grow a brain and consistently do the things that work. So I don't know, man. Y'all, y'all let me know. Hemisphere says, yeah, Q. I meant that game was determined to play. Okay, yes, yes. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. And um, uh, I think Minnesota lost it. Yeah, Philly beat them. Because Minnesota, it took everything out of Minnesota to beat the Saints in that game. And it was riding high like it was a Super Bowl. Went down, then Philadelphia beat the brakes off there. <laughs> I was like, good for you. Good. You know, you know, just hate watching. <laughs> good for your ass. You know, we became Philadelphia Eagles people for one week after the Minnesota miracle, man. So, yeah, all that shenanigans and you got one week and then got your ass handed to them. So it is what it is. All right. So anyway, 
I'm getting ready to get on up out of here, fam. If y'all got any issues uh, or anything that y'all want to talk about, y'all can feel free to throw it in the chat. We all covered the Michael Thomas thing. Um, and Mike, uh, and I don't anticipate Michael to miss any time. Uh, we re- uh, previewed the Saints and Vikings matchup, went over the keys to victory. Um, with, with the Saints going up there to Minnesota, two-game winning streak. Vikings on a four-game winning streak. They're missing their starting quarterback, best wide receiver. You know, they still got a ton of talent. This should still be a win for the Saints. Saints team is healthy. Saints are healthy. They got the starting quarterback, starting running back, starting wide receivers. They got the majority of the offensive line that are starters. They're playing for them. The defensive line, uh, we missing a few people here and there, but mostly our starters are there. Cam's there. Granderson's there. Sanders, Saunders, you know, Demario, Pete Werner. How about Pete Werner? Shout out to Pete Werner playing all these games. Shout out to Michael Thomas playing all these games. We lost. We had Marcus May. He was suspended for a few games. He came back. You know, Jordan Howard stepped in. Adebo has some issues. Alante Taylor's there. Mark Laddie Daddy's been there. Shout out. So overall, up to this point, let's keep this good stuff going. Our guys have been healthy. Usually when that happens, we're supposed to be able to kind of have a synergy in the chemistry. And I'm saying right now with 10 weeks into the regular season, at some point, this is when the offense is supposed to kick on and say, yeah, hey, man, we got it. The light goes on. So do they put that together against the Vikings? Because it would be pretty cool to beat the Vikings, breaks off, and then head into the bye week and just be like chilling, getting ready for the Falcons who just lost to the Arizona Cardinals because Kyler Murray came back. And they're struggling with a quarterback over there. So, I mean, that that would really kind of change the, the dynamic of it and kind of make us feel a certain kind of way. Because the division, as you see it, family, the division is shaping up with the Saints about to run away from it. The Saints look like they've, you know, they're setting up the division, fam. Uh, Atlanta lost to the Cardinals. The Saints win creates even more separation because we know uh, Tampa Bay, they're, they're out of it. Carolina's out of it. So it's really Atlanta. If Atlanta loses to Arizona with Kyler Murray coming back and they have a new quarterback that they got to look out for, that helps the Saints big time. And then we come out of the bye and beat them in Atlanta. That helps out. And really, at that point, you kind of say, man, the division is ours, fam. It's, it's basically uh, everybody defaulted on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's defaulting. Everybody defaulting. But I just need the offense and the defense to play more consistent games, man. And we could take this, bro. We can take this, man. And now, now is our time. We can step in here and we can take this thing. You hear? All right. So anyway, with that being said, let me get out on that, man. I appreciate y'all for joining me with a coffee with Q Saturday morning. Saints talks it's almost noon time, central time. I'm going to cut y'all loose. Listen, fam, y'all have a beautiful day today. Have an excellent day with your families. If you're working, please work safely. If you're driving, brother Eric, be careful on the road. Um, for the rest of the family members, man. Listen, man, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all for what y'all do and how y'all do it. And people have been kind of messaging me, asking me some questions about some other shows and stuff like that. And asked me, Q, did you do such and such? Was you on this, that, and the third? And I, you know, I can't den- uh, confirm or deny such a report. But listen, I appreciate all y'all to, to what y'all do and how y'all doing it. Listen, man, and I'll pop up tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow for the pregame and the actual play-by-play of the Saints and Vikings matchup. We'll be doing that tomorrow. So 
Much love to the guys. I'll see y'all on the flip side, man. Y'all hit the like button. Shout out to my dog, Scoob. I see you, fam. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. And feel free to share the show on your social media feed. We up in this thing. Shout out to the fam. Who that to you? And I'm out. Yeah. Like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like Elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. News all winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Network. Shop is the platform store where you can go and buy all the latest merch to support the platform. Available at the Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check out.
TheWhoThatDaily.com. That's right, TheWhoThatDaily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelican, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a Who That and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, TheWhoThatDaily.com is your site. TheWhoThatDaily.com for the sport Who That in all of us. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.